This is the Becoming a Better Man podcast, where men come to get over themselves so they can get to the next level for their health, wealth, and relationships in ways we never thought possible before, doing it together as one. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming a Better Man podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Wright, physical therapist. This week, we're going to talk about escaping the past. There's a lot of guys, especially if you're in a transformative phase, especially if you're in a a place where you're looking to outgrow uh, an older version of yourself, you're looking mainly just what's next for me. Right, like what? What's the next stage of my growth supposed to be? Because this sure as hell isn't it. I can't stay in this place. If that's you right now, raise your hand. And if you're not raising your hand, you're lying to yourself. Because there's there's not one time where you're if you're a, a guy that's focused on growing, if you're a guy that's focused on uh, developing and uh, maturing, seeking out better things for your life, there's no way you're going to be sitting here saying, you know, I'm good where I'm at. I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to be any better. I'm exactly the most perfect version of my life that I've ever imagined possible right now. It's not true. You're not there. I'm not there. I'm never going to be there. And you know what? That's okay. Because the whole beauty of life is the journey. It's the growth process. It's the dirty parts. It's the really amazing parts. It's all of it. But I want to say this first. Don't forget to stop and smell the roses. Don't forget to stop and enjoy how far you've come at any point along the way. Because that's when you also start to burn out, fatigue, get tired of seeking more from yourself, demanding more from yourself. It can be really exhausting if you just stay in that mode. So stop and smell the roses from time to time, fellas. Now, having said that, I want to lead into the main part of this episode, and that's talking about What about my past? What if my past is haunting me? What if I can't seem to escape it? Seems like every time I think I've gotten in a better place, the past finds a way to catch up with me. And there's so many nuanced ways to go about this, but I'm gonna pick one direction, I'm gonna go in on that direction. And if you relate to it, great. If you don't, don't. But find a way to take something away from it that's actually gonna benefit you. Okay, here's, here's been my experience, not just with myself, all these other guys I've talked to, all these other guys I've been friends with, observed, worked with, in whatever capacity, but especially from what I know has been my lived experience, it has been there's something, whether you know it or not, whether you want to admit it or not, 
that is appealing about the feelings that the attachment to your past gives you. You've carved out some identity along the way associated with your past, with the mistakes that you've made, or with the uh, drama and trauma that's been associated with your past that you feel makes you who you are, which is not untrue. But it gets to a point where you're now using that as a crutch to justify your decisions and your actions. Is that true or is it not? Right? Like, uh, for example, okay, best way I know how to give teaching points is to give examples. My own experiences. All right. So let's just say it's, it's hard for me. I have to find different ways to stay on top of myself and the goals that I have, the ways that I push myself forward. It's hard for me once I find some success, once I hit a goal I wasn't expecting to hit. Well, okay, I was expecting to hit it. I just never really thought that it would actually happen. Okay, I kept working towards it, but every time one hits, it's like, oh, damn, really? Wow. (laughs) Because you get so used to failure, right? But for me, it's harder for me to find ways to self-motivate and to stay hungry when I'm comfortable, when I'm successful with whatever task it is or area of my life. Because my identity for the majority of my life has always been struggle. It's doubt. It's proving people wrong. It's proving myself wrong. With those limiting doubts and the people that say, you're never going to be this. You're always going to be that. All right? You're always going to be, uh, here's, here's an example, right? So in, in junior high and some, somewhat in high school, but mostly junior high, junior high was brutal, man. You couldn't pay me money to go back and relive those years. But to be called a poor skank loser, right? Because I came from a single parent background. We lived just at just below or just above the poverty line while my mom worked at least two jobs for the majority of my childhood, we didn't have much. And due to the dynamics with my parents' relationship and the ones that they had with themselves, the ones that they had with me, the ones that they had with each other, there was always a constant battle. There was always tension and chaos, right? Either they were talking crap about each other to me or they were disappointed with myself, with my behavior, because I had behavior issues. I was always acting out, acting out, acting up, getting in trouble. Well, obviously I needed attention and I wasn't getting it in the ways that were meaningful for me because there was so much chaos. I felt like a middleman between 
mom and dad. Felt like a middleman between mom and dad that couldn't fix their problems. They had so many problems. It seemed like it was a daily thing. And then on top of that, I always felt like I had to be the uh, man of the house, right? At such a young age, five years old, six years old, you're the man of the house now. Oh, also look out for your brother. Take care of your brother. So I never felt like even my brother was my brother. I felt like his parent. I felt like his, his gatekeeper. Like his keeper, right? Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. That's the way I felt. doesn't mean it's true or it's not true. But that's the way the circumstances created those feelings and those thoughts within me. So where am I going with this? Because there was so much chaos, because there was so much turmoil, emotionally, physically, all these things, it created a sense in me that no matter what I tried to do to fix things, it never worked, right? Accomplish something in school, that's great, I'm proud of you. Why didn't you do it this way? Oh, that's amazing, you hit, you hit a home run. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. I did this, right? Like that, that's the way dad did. Right, let me talk about myself. I never felt good enough, right? So I was always having to prove them wrong or prove them right. See, it's complicated. No matter what I did, it was either not good enough or it was the way that I continued to get the praise and the attention that I was seeking was, well, obviously I've got to be an achiever. I've got to do things. I've got to hit goals. So it felt like no matter what, I was having to prove them right for when they were proud of me and I was having to prove them wrong when they were telling me that I wasn't good enough. And it wasn't just coming from home, right? It was coming from classmates teachers. He's never working up to his potential. He's never living up to his potential. He's so smart, yet he sucks in the classroom. I was bored. I was bored and I was distracted. But here's, here's the, the ch oh, oh, here's another thing too, right? Like all my friends, their parents were married they had good jobs, they had good money, they had good homes, good houses. I was jealous and I began, I began to resent them. I began to resent people that seemed successful and had things that I wanted, had the money that we always never had. Every time I wanted something, even as small as like a side of fries or a drink with whatever we were ordering. We've got that at home. We don't, we can't afford that. We don't have the money. So I began to hate money. That was my past. And I became so attached to that identity of hating money, of resenting people with money, of believing that no one believed in me and that I always had to prove people wrong and that I only am able to focus and work my best and accomplish the most whenever everything is going against me. 
because that's what I got used to. And so it's hard now, now that all those circumstances have changed, right? Like I have different relationships with my parents now. I have different relationships with the friends around me. One, I got rid of all those fake ass friends that weren't friends to begin with. (laughs) I got rid of all the people that were just using me to make themselves feel better about themselves. I got rid of all those people that were just trying to enhance their own status by trying to be affiliated with what I was doing or what I could do on their behalf or for them. Got rid of all of it. I got rid of all the people that felt like they needed to use me in order to try and help fix themselves. Got rid of them. Totally different situations now. Life looks totally different. So why is it when it seems like I hit some hardship and hardship's relative, guys. It doesn't mean like you're scraping the barrel rock bottom anymore. But each new level of success carries just as equal, if not more, levels of problems that you weren't anticipating having once you hit that next level of success, once you hit that next level of growth. You think you, you, think you have to work hard to get out of this phase? Well, now you hit that next phase, you got to work just as hard, if not harder, to stay in it and then hit the next phase. That's the way life goes. I had to learn it the hard way. Let me prepare you now. If you're not there or you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not there yet, buckle up, brother. And this isn't a bad thing. This is not a way to say, well, I guess I got to stay down here then. No, screw that. Trust me. Life's better when things are going a lot more smoothly compared to where they used to. Just know it's not smooth sailing. You have to continually work. And the biggest work that you have to do all the time is the battle for your mind. And in the battle of your mind is the identity and the attachment to your past. It's saying that because I'm this, and when you go, and what you think about how you describe yourself to yourself, is, you know, I'm the poor kid from a broken home. I'm always going to be the poor kid from a broken home looking on the outside in at other people who have more, have achieved more, and have a better home life, work life, financial life than I'll ever have. Why? Because this is what I've all, all I've ever known. That's the past, your comfort zone, right? You don't like it, but you're comfortable with it. Why? Because you know it. That's all you know. So your attachment to the past, you, which is carrying now into the present you, and if you're not careful, if you don't start changing the way you think about yourself and your attachment to your past, you're going to carry it into the future you. Every single day is a choice. Every single day is a choice. Now, what is about your past that you're so attached to? All right. Let's talk about that. 
All right, so we're going to talk about why is it that you're so attached to your past. We talked about it a little bit before the break in that there's something about it that you feel the need to hang on to. My thought, right, this is, this is just my thought, my suspicion, after working with hundreds and hundreds of people over the years, since 2006, working in the fitness industry, seeing people with self-destructive habits, decision-making, and lifestyles that aren't allowing them to accomplish the things that they say they want so badly, right? I'm tired of being fat. I'm tired of feeling down on myself all the time. I'm tired of feeling like I don't look good enough to be in this room, to be in that picture. Like I can't look good at work in these nice clothes that I got because I'm squeezing into them. And so I'm self-conscious about the way it's fitting the whole time I'm trying to present myself because I know I'm fucking good enough to do this job and to be taken seriously. But I can't stand up tall enough and proud enough to exhibit that confidence because of the way these clothes are fitting me. So they start off on this lifestyle change, right? They join the gym. They pay for the trainer. They buy these new workout clothes. They go into their pantries and they throw all the junk food in the trash can. And what happens? That lasts for about two days, maybe two weeks if they're lucky. Now what's happened? Now they're sneaking that sonic shake on the way home, right? They're buying those bags of chips when they're in the store, trying to get the produce for their next meal prep. And now, gradually, week to week, they've stopped buying the produce. They've stopped eating the protein, the chicken, the turkey, the beef, the steak, whatever you want to call it, whatever your protein source is for your meal prep that week. You stop trying to prioritize it. Why? The snacks taste better. So now they're back to the snacks. Why? What's happened? Because they're sure as shit still unhappy when they go to work with how they feel, how the, because the way they look. And it's, not, and it's not always necessarily just their size. It's not just the size. I've been there, right? I've struggled with body image. I've been the overweight guy. It's not just the thing about the size. It's the way that the size makes you feel like other people see you because they, you can't help but shake the way that they look at you. They think that you're lazy. You're not lazy. You're working your ass off every day with this job. Where's the problem? Well, you struggle with the identity. You struggle with who you think you are and what you deserve. Why? You're still attached to that past. You think you can't outrun it. You can't escape it. I'm always going to be this. Well, here's an idea, guys. Start telling yourself, here's who I am now. That's who I am. That's what I came from. Here's who I am now. And it's not going to be accomplished by 
faking happiness, faking positivity, always trying to be known as the happy guy instead of the fucking depressed, unhappy, miserable guy. You can't force your way into a different life. You can't fake your way into a different life. You have to be deliberate and you have to be intentional and you have to face the shit that you're running away from. Why do you want to shake that past so bad? Because it makes me sad. Why does it make you sad? Because it makes me unhappy to think about the uncomfortable, painful things that I've been through. Why does it make you uncomfortable to go through those painful, sad, depressing, traumatizing things? Because I hate that they happen. Why do you hate that they happen? Because it doesn't seem fair. Why doesn't it seem fair? It's not fair because no one else that I know has gone through what I've been through. And how does that make you feel, brother? Makes me mad. What's wrong with being mad? I don't want to be mad. I'm not saying you have to be mad all the time. Hell no, that's unhealthy. But your unwillingness to sit with the anger, to sit with the sadness, to sit with the fear, to sit with just the discomfort and try and run away and look like the happy guy, right? Or the upbeat guy or the positive guy all the time. That shit's exhausting. So why are you still feeling so stuck? Because you're living a lie. You're not facing the shit that you need to face in order to confront it, minimize its impact on you, and then move forward and outgrow it. That's the, that's the issue. You're trying to run away from anger. There's nothing wrong with being angry. Anger is healthy. It's an emotion just like happiness, just like sadness. The shit you try to run away from the hardest is the shit that sticks with you and chases you back the fastest. The harder you run, the faster it chases. It's like Peter Pan's shadow. It's always attached to your foot. Always. So here's the thing. Instead of always just trying to chase the light and, and ignore the darkness. Now, I've talked about this in a previous episode. Embrace the darkness. Face it. Look at it in the face and go, what's going on here? Right? Like, what? All right. Sitting down with myself, present self, future self, past self. What's holding us all back? Why? Why is it the past? Why is it what I've been through? Oh, man, that's, that's some real deep, shitty stuff. Let's talk about how that makes us feel. Right. The the guys that I know who are struggling the hardest with letting go of the past are the ones who are trying so damn hard to act a certain way and present themselves in a certain image in the present instead of just being themselves. Nobody's upbeat and happy all the damn time. I know I am a good majority of the time, but that's only because I had to shed that image 
of always trying to be the happy, upbeat guy all the time, the positive guy all the time. Hey, man, sometimes shit sucks. Sometimes that bothers me. And it's because I face it and work through it that it doesn't have any power over me. And it's the same thing for you. And it's the same thing for your bro that's going through the same stuff. So that's why if it's you that's struggling with it, or if you know somebody, it's a good buddy of yours, or maybe not. Maybe it's not a good buddy. Maybe it's just a dude in your life that's going through that. And they, you know they've had some stuff they've been through, but they're always complaining about how they feel stuck. They can't seem to shed the past. Well, here's a, here's a concept. Whether it's you or whether it's somebody you know, sit there and go, hey, let's talk about this. I got time. Can you talk about it with me? You can open up to me, man. I'm not going to judge you. Let's get this off your chest. And don't try to fix it for them. And don't try to get it fixed. Because, man, you just need to talk it out. You need to put it out there and go, hey, I'm a normal dude, but I got some stuff weighing me down. Do you care if I unload a little bit of it? And be that guy for somebody that needs it. That's how you start to let go of the past, is to stop running away from it. Stop, turn around, face it and confront it and say, why the fuck are you still chasing me? Let's get to the bottom of it. Cool? Make sense? The more you try to run away from it and pretend like things are fine when they're not, just so you can be seen as somebody, well, that's fake. I will never, ever, ever, ever go through life trying to pretend to be something I'm not anymore, trying to pretend to be happy when I'm not. Never. That is the recipe for a meltdown. That's the recipe for cheating on your wife. That's the recipe for blowing all your money. That's the recipe for fucking up your business. That's a self implosion waiting to happen. That's a ticking time bomb. And the more you try to run away from it, and go through the motions, the worse off it's going to be. I promise you. I promise you. So, having said all that, guys, I hope this episode was helpful. Maybe not for you, but for somebody that you know that needs to hear it. Share with them. And if you want to keep supporting episodes like this, shows like this, there's a link in the comment section, or not the comment section, but there's a link in the show notes, right? When you click on the episode, there's a little typed out description there. I talk a little bit about what the episode's about. There's a link on how to work with me. There's also a link for if you don't want to work with me, but you want to support the show just so that way I can keep dedicating the time to putting out stuff like this, reaching out to you guys, having conversations, learning more about what's going on and then sharing my takeaways from it in episodes like this, you're always welcome to support the show. It is greatly appreciated. I appreciate each and every one of you guys, even if you don't support the show, even if you just listen. You listen quietly. You don't want to interact in any way whatsoever, but you just want to take in these episodes every week because if they're meaningful for you and they're helpful, then that means 
so much to me as well. It really does. So I appreciate each and every one of you guys. It's been a crazy 75 episodes now. Woo, 75. Damn. And I just thought I was starting a podcast just to stop myself from going crazy, being cooped up in my apartment during quarantine back in the summer of 2020. Here we go. Here we are. Let's shed the past, right? Let's not ignore it. Let's not bury it. The past is what it is. It was what it was. And now let's talk about instead what we've been through instead of, hey, man, here's where I want to be. Here's where I'm at now. And here's what I have to do to get to where I want to be. Instead of always dragging around that dead body of the past that's just clutching to your ankles every step that you take. Because you're trying to pretend it's not there and you're kicking it off each step, like smiling along the way, like it's not bugging you. And it's not there and everybody else is staring at it. They know it's there. But you're the only one that's delusional enough to think that I'm fine, everything's fine, everything's cool. You know, that's not a way to live your life, brother. So, having said all that, I appreciate you guys tuning in this week. That's the conclusion of 2021, becoming a better man season. Can't wait to talk to you guys in the new year, see what you got planned, see which ways you're trying to grow and change your life for the better into the new year. Love you, brothers. Till next week. Peace. So that's it for this episode of Becoming a Better Man. If you found this episode helpful or interesting, something that you could apply to your everyday life, please post on your social media platforms what your takeaway was from this episode, as well as taking a screenshot with the tag Becoming a Better Man. So that way we can help spread the word on Instagram and Facebook and help get more men aligned with their purpose, trying to become better every day for themselves, their communities, and their families.